As Christians, we're supposed to live out what Christ has put in us. If you find that challenging at times, well, stick around. Today's program is just for you. Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard, coming up next. How is it Paul puts it in Romans 7? The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing, and the very things I do want to do, I don't do. It's a struggle at times to be doers of the Word, which is what we're called to do. So what is the answer? Well, it's found here in James chapter 1. Our series is called It's Time to Grow Up, and we begin with today's broadcast here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Won't you join us? as we together are encouraged to be doers instead of deluded. Here's Pastor Phil. Just grow up. Did you ever grow up with that kind of phrase? One of my dad's favorites was to his kids, you want to be treated like an adult and act like a kid. Did anybody ever grow up with that? You want adult privileges, but still act like a kid right? I want the car. I want money. I want this. Can't get you to empty the trash. Can't, can't hardly get you, you know, why? Can't hardly make up your bed. Well, listen to what James says, verse 22. But be doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. King James says deluding, and uh, this is ESV. He says deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently, and it's really uh, not that strong, but uh, it, it is really casually. He, he looks casually at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, and he goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law and it means to bend over, meditate, and look right into, because the mirrors of their day were polished bronze or brass. So it wasn't, it was hard to see yourself even if you were up close with these mirrors of this time. Ours are so much clearer. And then you've got these magnifying mirrors that can scare you the daylights out of you. Uh, you know, but I mean, it was a hard thing to, to see yourself in a polished bronze mirror. But he said, the, the one who really sees himself looks intently, bends over, and perseveres. And that means they remain. It's not a quick look. They, they spend a little time. Be no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. Now, he gives an assignment. Watch it. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, there we go, deceiving again, this person's religion is worthless. A gossip is worthless in their religion. Slanders have worthless religion. Uh, grumblers have worthless religion. Gripers have worth, their mouth is used negatively and negative speech means you have a worthless religion. 
one of the first places you could tell someone's saved is their mouth. It's going to be a long sermon, I could tell. <laughs> this is now, someone asked Grant Peakson, how did the sermon go? He said, well, nobody stoned him. That's kind of weak, Grant, but religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows when they get an inheritance. Uh, when? Oh, in their affliction. Oh, okay. And to keep oneself unstained from the world. I want you to memorize something with me. Can you do it? This is really hard. Here we go. Information applied brings transformation. That's the whole message. You're dismissed. Yes. Information that is applied brings transformation. Now, by contrast, information that is not applied brings delusion. Information not applied will bring deception, delusion. Let me give you an example of information versus application. I'm 19 years old. I'm coming back from Stockton from preaching at a church over there. I'm taking Highway 4 in the back route. I'm on the outside of Brentwood somewhere. Uh, I don't wear glasses at the time. I'm driving a little VW my dad gave me for a high school graduation. I was loaded up my books, my guitar, and I'd been over there preaching for a week. And uh, as I came, it was a, a boy, beautiful moon that night in the summer, and uh, I saw this sign that said, slow down, it said curve, 35 miles an hour. It, it, that, it, was, it was great. Somebody needed to write a sign. But there was a, a frontage road that ran right there, and it, I found out later it was on the property, on the farm there, uh, and it, it ran just straight on. In my mind, that was the road. I didn't know the difference at first. I, was near, I found out I was nearsighted. This is pre-glasses. And so, uh, I saw that sign. And if you know anything about a VW, it has that direct steering. I mean, when you turn, it turns real quick. Anyone know what I mean? It, there's no play in the wheel. It's just, whoo, you're there. Well, what do I do? I accelerate. Signage means nothing to me. Because I see the road. But the signage was for the road I was on. The information did me no good. I rolled the car. I, I never forget it. I just rolled across there, and it was just like, because I, I mean, the sparks are flying. But I'm looking out, and I'm just watching the moon all the way across that pavement. Just, hello, Lord, you lit up the heavens. Rolled up against a eucalyptus tree, and was bleeding a bit, and nothing broken and all like that. But you know what? I had my eyes checked. I was blind as a bat. <laughs> but I just thought, 
I knew the sign was there. I knew the speed limit it recommended. It was really commanding. I had information without application. Rich Rollins had a famous line he used to use a lot here because he, he did a whole lot of counseling. Probably Larry uses this line. We do a lot of counseling with different people. And, and his favorite line is, uh, you don't need another prescription. You need to take the medicine. You've never taken the last prescription because you keep wanting a prescription you like. Yeah, have you ever uh, done this with medicine? Ooh, it doesn't taste good. It wasn't designed for your taste. It was designed for your infection. But, uh, uh, and I'll tell you, here's one. Uh, information without application does you no good. How many of you have had treadmills that you hung your clothes on? <laughs> or you watch TV from? You have the right vehicle. There's one thing. It demands application. I'm the specimen of health because I belong to a health club. I, now, what are you laughing? I really do. Ask me how often I go. Because you have to change your clothes for the locker room. You have to get parking. And then the equipment, it doesn't work for you. You have to, you actually have to pedal the bike yourself. The membership I pay every month, they've never had to collect from me. They're getting a deal. I go six times a year just to say I belong to a health club. <laughs> and I'm still out of shape. The information, the product is no good without application. And this is what James is saying. And we want to look at three things about this idea. Are you a doer or are you diluted? And that is information. Just look at that. Two, application. Three, your assignment. Okay? Information is the what. If you go to Dallas Seminary, we were big what preachers. We could tell you how many Philistines there were, how many genitive cases, how many uh, perfect tenses, and how many uh, all present active indicatives for a person singular in the Greek. Did that just help you out as a third-person singular indicative case? That will change your life. So what? Some of you people keep wanting more information, and God's waiting for you to do some application. Because information without application biblically will never change your life. You'll never be transformed. You need a transformed life. You don't need just a bigger head. You need a changed life. And knowledge alone, according to Corinthians, does nothing but puff you up. And so, love builds up. Uh, it, it, there's a strange thing. Uh, I, I often talk to Carolyn and talk about our pilgrimage because we were in God's house from teenagers and everything. We've traveled different groups in different times. But... Uh, this, this seems strange, but, but hear me now. Hear me well. I was just as happy in Jesus when I knew far less than I know today. Hmm. You were happy in Jesus when you knew far. You know, I was saved at one time, didn't know I was eternally secure. I was saved at one time, didn't believe election. 
I've saved one time. I didn't know anything about spiritual gifts. I've saved one time. I didn't know the book of Romans. I was saved one time, and I didn't know so much stuff. But you know what? I was so happy in the Lord. Some of you still, it's a strain, isn't it? I mean, you say, what are you smiling for? You're in church. You ought to be smiling. I didn't know how to spell justification when I got saved. I didn't know what it meant. But I sure was happy coming home from church that night. I said, my sins are washed away. I, the load's gone. I'm going to heaven. Isn't Jesus wonderful? This is the greatest thing I ever heard. And then I started hanging out with other Christians. Started learning to gripe. Learned to complain. Learn this and this and that. And, and then, no, no. Uh, but, but you know what? I, I grew up in a small little church on South 15th and Cutting. And... A lot of my family. My uncle was the pastor. My aunt was my dad's sister. She taught me the book of Proverbs and taught me how to peel potatoes during the summer. Worked me like a farmhand because she was a farm girl, but she would be telling me Proverbs and bacon pies. It was worth peeling, I'll tell you. You got a pie for it. Wonderful aunt. And, and then I had a brother named Paul. And when I got saved at 14... Paul said, let me, I'm going to teach you some things we do around here. What's that? First, you, you hand out the psalm books for every service. There's only about 60 of us. You hand out psalm books after service, collect them. Okay, I don't see that in the Bible. Well, you hear me say it, don't you? Okay. And, oh, and by the way, I'm going to teach you how to greet people. And has anyone ever had Paul Howard shake your hand? You will remember. We used to call him Nut Crusher. Cool. He, you know, he's getting old now, and the grip's a little weaker. But, or anybody have this? Boom. We're so glad you're here. And you say, do you have a chiropractor? <laughs> you would know you've been greeted by my brother. I mean, the, he taught me. I would shake hands like this. Uh, let's see, how can I illustrate that? And he grabbed that hand. He said, you don't hand them a limp fish. You shake hands. You hear me? Paul, I'm only 14, but you, you're my brother. You do what I tell you. You shake hands. And every gray-headed woman that comes, you help them, and you might help get them to the car after the service. Any of our 14-year-olds do that yet? Any of you 14-year-olds doing that? Are you stealing the purse? <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know. I'm just checking. Just checking. Okay, I'm doing that. I'm just telling you my spiritual bi biography that you care less about. Fifteen, I'm a third grade boys teacher. Fifteen, I start speaking in junior church. Sixteen, I become the pastor of junior church. Seventeen, I'm overseeing the youth group. Every Saturday, by the way, uh, with my brother Paul, we used to hand out tracts on South Cutting because we were all on the south side. We'd hand out tracts. We'd invite folks to revivals. We don't have them anymore. We just died. Uh, but we used to have revivals. We'd hand out tracts on Saturday. Uh, we sold donuts on Saturday morning for our youth group to make money. We'd sell 150 dozens before 10 o'clock because then they turned to grease. So you had to sell them quick. Uh, now, this is all, this is all, I never heard of pastoring in church, teaching, doing this. 
by the time I'm, uh, let's see, I'm gone every summer from 16 on because I preach wherever anybody will have me. I'm married at 20. I go to a Bible college at 22, become the dean, the registrar. Fran was there, was a secretary and administrative assistant to the president. Uh, so I met her and was a student. So I'm there from 22 to 26. I go to Fresno to get a master's. And while I'm there, I turn 27. I come back here. I start a church at 27. I've been here for 43 years. And I, some of you folks still haven't found anything to do. You see, just knowing the Word isn't enough. Information alone will leave you unchanged. Some of you want another Bible study. You haven't done the last 10. You don't need more information. You need obedience. You need, when are you going to do it? Oh, let's study Revelation again. How many times do you need to study it? Have you ever shared the gospel? Are you an evangelist? No, I don't plan to be. Why don't you plan to be? And you want more information. And then you pastor churches like this. And our church could be very much this way if it wasn't for all these kids and VBS and, and our younger ones. But you get folks who've been saved 30 years and on Sunday they say, tell me something I hadn't heard before. Tell you something you haven't heard before. What are you going to do with it if you hear it? Ooh, that was, man, that was deep. Hmm. You know what that reminds me of? A man came to E.V. Hill, and he started complaining about Billy Graham. And E.V. Hill was on Graham's board. And this guy was complaining to Hill. He said, you know, Graham isn't deep enough. He's so shallow. And uh, Hill said, are you aware that Billy has spoken to more people on the planet than any other preacher in history? And the guy said, well, so what? He's still shallow. And, he's, and, and Hill says, uh, how many are you running? He's about 75. Hill said, well, let me tell you something about you deep preachers. He said, you put that hook so far down in that water where it's dark and cold that the fish never bite. Billy has found out if you put it up at this level, they're biting. And he catches a lot more fish than you, doesn't he? You deep preachers, you, you got, the only thing you get down there is a stingray. There's some of you folks so deep, nobody's biting. We know so much, nobody's being transformed. Because that's not the goal. So here James is saying, uh, there's a danger of being deceived when you hear a lot of Bible because you keep giving yourself credit for doing it. No, you just hurt a lot. You don't give. You're not at prayer meetings. You don't serve. You don't evangelize. You know, what's wrong with you? How long do you have to be saved? See, information is not the problem. James says doing it is the problem. Are you a doer of the Word? Information alone. Just inform the greatest sermon ever preached went this way. I will tell you about two men who built houses. One built on sand, one built on rock. And the storm came, and one crashed terribly. The other stood. Jesus said, and so is it with the man who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. He'll be the house built on sand. But the man who hears these sayings of mine and does them 
will be like a house built upon the rock, and the storm comes, and that house will stand, for they have obeyed what they know. You see, here's the thing I think of my younger Christian life. Uh, I was taught to do what I knew. Increased knowledge doesn't mean increased obedience. We just can become arrogant that we know more. See, what's wrong with a lot of you folks is you're educated beyond your obedience. You know a lot more than you're doing. And God's not going to bless you until you start doing it. And that's what James says. You will not be blessed until you do what God's. And that's what's exciting about the early Christian life. You, you make, uh, you're too uh, young in the Lord. Did anyone talk you out of obedience and stop your cussing, stop this, stop stealing? You know, whatever those sins that were really prevalent in your life, maybe stop this, stop. And was that the exciting time of your life? Absolutely, because the Bible was to be applied. The Bible was to be obeyed. The Bible, and then you all of a sudden learn to sit, soak, and sour. I just want information. I don't want transformation. Don't mess with my life. I like me the way I am. Well, God wants to keep changing us, changing us from one glory to another form of glory. Isn't that what he said? This spirit, 2 Corinthians 3, 8, this spirit changes us from one image of glory to it. We're a people being changed into the likeness of Christ. Well, he goes on to say, that those who are just hooked on information are like people who just casually look at the mirror. I liken the difference between the way a man looks at a mirror and the way a woman does. As men, boom, I sure look good, honey. <laughs> Say, did you see that? Did you see that? And some of you, did you see everything? And you rushed? Beyond the mirror? Did you see that? Did you see that? And all your knees are good. Why? Honey, you didn't pay attention. Look, look at you. In contrast, your wife. And then, like I say, she not only has a mirror, she got the, has this kind you light up. And one day she told me, you got to take care of this issue. I said, I'm, I'm fine. Look in this mirror. That's what I see. You need to get on it, boy. You need more than old spice. You need to look at this mirror. And James said, that's the way some of you are. You keep saying, I'm okay. I'm okay. Well, you, you're so quick. The only thing that some of you are pressured about is, when will it be done? I don't have time for God to be changing me. The measure of a good service is he went short. And that's why you are, even your devotion life. I forget who it was that said, hurry is the enemy of a devotional life. You know, it's just, man, I got to read the word. I got to pray. And God is saying, don't waste your time. Just go ahead and worry. Don't show up. Could you imagine? I noticed this. When I do something I enjoy, or I'm with someone I love, Time just flies. Well, to be sure, God has called us to live out what He has put in us, to be doers of the Word. Our series is called It's Time to Grow Up. 
And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We thank you for spending time with us today, and we'll leave you with our address and phone number in the event you would like to contact us. In fact, we would ask you to take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can do so. Simply call us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Another way to reach out to us would be to stop by our website and drop us an email, valleybible.org. Now, we do have a lot of other resource materials available there, as well as a lot of information about who we are and what we believe. You'll find it all again at valleybible.org. And then finally, if you'd really like to let us know how the program is encouraging you, the best way would be to do so in person. Our service times here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules are at 9 and 11. Directions can be found on our website, valleybible.org, or by simply calling 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. For a copy of today's program, simply mention today's date. We'll send a copy out to you just for asking. If you would like the entire five-CD set that today's program was taken from, for a donation of $10 or more, we'll send it your way. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest, 855-833-9864. We do trust we'll hear from you soon and look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Phil Howard.